Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Jarvis Guthrie. Jarvis, how you doing? Hey, Tim. Thanks so much. I'm doing good today. Awesome, man. That's great to hear, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Man, um, I love to volunteer into prison, um, prison ministry. That's my passion. Um, that's what's really gives me the strength and it really fuels me man it's kind of hard to, to describe because i used to be incarcerated and um now i go back into the uh, prison to to volunteer i love it and so when you volunteer at the prison are you like what exactly are you doing in the prison um what well, was like we have different um programs we of course do like bible study spread the gospel but sometimes we have events um, different events, fatherhood programs, and stuff like that. So it's case by case. Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. And when did you start doing that? Um, I started this two years ago. All right. There we go. There we go. I like it. I like it. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going when it comes to volunteering in the prison and just life? Man, it is extremely hard transitioning from prison. We are discriminated um you know with housing with employment with education and it's the most it's the most hardest thing i've ever experienced tim um i got out of prison in 2014 and i went and got my bachelor's degree and it's still not good enough for corporate america and just seeing my fellow brothers and sisters go back to prison because they did not have the same support system as i did i want to be able to make that change uh, for a lot of people i got you I gotcha. So you've just experienced the difficulty of reintegrating back into society since leaving prison. You've seen some people go back and that kind of hurts your heart. And so you want to make it um, make the world a better place for them, basically. Right. I feel that. I feel that. And so I know I know you mentioned your support system. Is that mainly family? Is that friends? Tell us a bit about that. Uh, Well, I actually met my pastor while I was incarcerated in 2013 and i've been under his wing ever since um i've been out of prison so not only do i have a a a big um, family i have a a church i also have friends and a big family okay okay there we go there we go and so do you work with the church do you just volunteer with the church are you still like looking for a job are you doing some entrepreneurial things Yes, man. So uh, I'm usually a salesman. I get contracts and um, my last contract um, ended um, in July. So I've been without employment for three months, but um, I just applied to be a supervisor over a juvenile facility. And right now I'm going through a exemption process. Well, basically a waiver to waive my background. So I actually have an interview with them Wednesday. So I'm pretty excited about that. You know, going from being formally incarcerated to being employed by the state, you know, that's all glory to God if that's his will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. And so did you pick a supervisor 
over a juvenile facility just because of how close people who have been incarcerated are to your heart or are there other motivations there? Um, well, it's easier to heal broken children than it's broken men. So yeah. I'm in three adult facilities and two juvenile facilities. So just volunteering and just, you know, seeing what God has been showing me. And, you know, I want to make a difference for the future, you know, generation, people upcoming, because a lot of those um, young men in there, even though they're incarcerated, they're not, you know, convicted felons. You know, it's kind of hard to describe unless um, you've been to prison, unless you know how it is being unemployed uh, because of your background and not getting further ahead in life. So I definitely want to be able to be that voice for them because they don't have to experience some of the you know same things I experienced. You know, go get a trade, go to the military, go to college, you know, because a lot of their records will be sealed and expunged. So, you know, it just takes you meeting one person in your life that can really make a big impact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love your heart for that and your heart for the kids. Well, now we're going to jump into the meat of the podcast. Tell us about your dreams and goals. What's really your vision for your life? Um, Brother Tim, I had no idea that 10 years ago that God was going to call me to be a preacher and a farmer. You know, sometimes it still blows my mind away because um, I was actually on my way to the military. I had signed army contracts waiting to leave. And that's when I broke into a cop's house when I had too much to drink that night partying. So I got sentenced to two years in prison. Um, I got out of prison and um, I was going to school, working on my degree, taking care of both of my parents. And my mom died in 2016 and my dad died in 2019. And after my father passed away, that's when I inherited um, 30 acres. And um, I stayed in Jacksonville, Florida, and I went to go set up my uh, father's funeral down in Blacka. And then that's when I realized, that's when I was introduced by my aunts to the family farm. So uh, my family, we have 60 acres and there's only like 35,000 black farmers in the, in, in the United States, you know, and this is, you know, a big legacy for me being able to get this farm up and going because I want the men who are inside of my prison ministry to be able to come um, live on the farm for free. So they can get adjusted, you know, to society. And just from just talking with my men for the past two years, some of them are not ready to come home to their family because a lot of the men have maybe burned bridges, you know, and some of the family, they're still healing from, you know, that void that these men have caused. So I want to be able to provide, you know, a farm that's going to give them not only, you know, housing, education and employment. You know, because I look at my life as my payment because I know I should be dead. That police officer's gun had jammed and Jesus Christ is the only way. Which Jesus Christ is the only is, is, the, is the only reason why I'm alive today, you know, and being able to see all this glory, not only inside of prisons, but just every day, you know, seeing his existence, seeing him move through people, seeing what he's doing in and through my life. You know, I want to be able to, you know, release some of the burdens from people coming out of Egypt. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So right now you have 60 acres on a family farm and you feel called to be a preacher and farmer on that farm, providing housing and employment for people in your prison ministry. I think you said one more thing, housing, employment, and what, what else was it? Education. Education. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. I love it. And so um, what type of education? Like, is it going to be college education? Is it going to be, um, I don't know, what type of education do you um, um Look back, um, I would go and get my trade. You know, like once you know who God is, God will reveal who we are. And every man has a gift and talent because the men they have, they're going to have up to a year for free. So being able to get in tune with who they are, their gifts and their talents and go that direction, you know, whether it's plumbing, electricity, HVAC, entrepreneurship, you know, being able to help guide these men because pastors were, were shepherds. You know, we have to lead our sheep into, you know, green pastures, um, still waters and being able to encourage them to walk by this faith and not by sight. Because if the men get out and go get a job at Subway working, you know, $15 an hour, you know, they're not going to get anywhere. It takes really much time and support and energy and finances and resources to really, you know, help develop that gift. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So is the, is the farm currently up and operating right now? Do you need to get it up and operating? Where's that at? Uh, I'm currently right now leasing uh, to my neighbor to keep the property taxes down on the farm. Uh, we've been raising some money. Um, so we have the house. The house is 900 square feet and we are going to expand it to 1200 square feet. And uh, we've already got the whole property surveyed. We have easements. And right now our next step is to meet with a designer so we can get roof plans, uh, foundation plans, plumbing plans, you know, plans for the house. Uh, because in the 50s, they didn't have that. My grandpa, like, nah, we don't have that. We have a roof. You know, we got some plumbing, some water. We all right. But now, you know, everything is different. So we have to get the house up to Coden. So I'm in, I'm in that process right now, finding a designer to help me with this project. I love that. I love that. And how much money do you guys have to raise to rehab the house and get the farm, like, up, running, and active? We, ha we have been able to raise $20,000, and our goal is $50,000 um, to be able to have the house um, up and running along with the farm yes sir okay okay there we go and so you're going to expand the house to 1200 square feet is that going to be four bedroom five bedroom three bedroom so we're going to be able to house six men so if, if you think of a square we're expanding um the house out so there's a bedroom that's going to house three men on the left side of the house and the right side of the house so it'll have a big kitchen and a big living space so the men don't feel clustered you know, in a small house, you know, that's why we're expanding it. So when they walk in, it's a big living room and the back is the big kitchen. Then we open the door, we're going to have like a, a patio, um, an outdoor, you know, grilling. So on Sundays, their families can come over to the farm after they completed, I believe, 45 or 60 days, you know, in the program, their families will be able to start coming out there because we want this to um, help change the lives of families as well, you know, everybody involved, because once you're incarcerated, not only are you incarcerated, but your family is too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. All righty. So you need 50 K you've raised 20 K and 50 K will like cover the rehab. And I guess the farm is already operational, the whole 60 acres. Yeah. So if you think of a square, the perimeter um, are woods and we have about 30 to 40 green acres of, of pasture in the middle of the, of the farm. It's very beautiful. 
Uh, we're going to need a well. That's about $6,000. And we're also going to need a tractor. So that 50K will help um, get the house, the tractor, um, and the well. Okay. So I, um, being on this journey, I never knew it, it went so much went into this. You know, not only my husband, a preacher, a farmer, electrician, a plumber, there's just so many things that I have to be involved with. You know, that's, that's really teaching me a lot. So I'm very excited about that because I'll be able to help other people, you know. Um, so it's definitely a process. It's all in God's timing. And I know that he's getting me prepared, you know, for the ministry. You know, I do have the heart to um, to serve people, but we never want to be rushed or have an immature ministry. We want it to be fruitful. And and that's where we're kind of at right now is, is, is waiting upon the Lord, you know, because I realize that God has specific people that he wants to use for, you know, for for projects and for the vision and for the ministry. So um, I used to feel really rushed and really impatient. You know, when I first started two years ago, and man, he definitely has slowed me down. Um, so I'm very um, humbled um, in this process. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. That is, um, man, that's awesome. I love that your vision is so clear and you already have the people that are going to be living in that house with you, I assume, from your prison ministry. And so mm -hmm. it really is set up pretty well. And yeah, they actually, every time I go and see them, you know, are we ready? Are we ready? And I said, man, it's in God's time. And so already we have like windows, doors and floors that's been donated. And brother, like once we actually bring people out there and actually see the vision, that's when things really take off, you know. Um, so I'm just very excited for the opportunity. Uh, we usually, usually have two events a year, one in the beginning and one at the end. And at the end of this year, we're going to have a um, a small a bonfire for the community and just for for me to take them around the farm tour where we're going to be growing our different growing methods, um, things of that nature. I love it. I love it. Uh, just curious, how, how long do you think it'll take to raise that final 30K and get the house up and operational with the six guys in it? Like, is there a sentence like a year out? Is it three years out? Is it five years out? For them to be able to like come move in i'm just curious next, about that time. next year because oh. like see i could um take out like a home equity loan um i have a house that's paid off in jacksonville but that would be me rushing you know in the process um so I'm, I'm really just you know praying for god um to continue to supply the resources if you look at david um, Nehemiah, Ezra, Noah, God supplies all the resources for the people. You know, whether it's going to be a year from now, a two year or three year from now, that uh, land's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. it's really about getting me prepared to be out there because we, we're over people's souls. You know, it, it, it is different being a, a minister and preacher, you, you know, and being able to deal with people with unclean spirits, with devils, you know, with Goliaths, you know, this is not just about, hey, you know, come to my, my farm, you know, let's count some sheep and have a good day. You know, it's a lot more into it. It's it's about healing. You know, it's about going in depth and, and changing these, these men's hearts and the way they think. And that can only be um, begin once they're born again through God, you know. Yeah. So it's really on him. Um, I'm praying for a year. I'll be 30 next year. You know, and that's the same age that Jesus and John the Baptist started their ministries when they were 30. But if I'm 31 or 32, 
I'm just ready to, you know, really see the men come out there. That's what I'm really excited about is just seeing, you know, the men with their families were eating and just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that is awesome. I love that. I love it a lot. Well, cool, man. What are the top one to two skills that are required to make this dream come to reality? Patience and being able to discern um, the Holy Spirit. You know, okay. one guy do. Um, you got to have some patience because, you know, we have all these plans with what we want to do. And the business plan I wrote two years ago has nothing to do with the business plan I have now. You know, so God keeps adding to it and adding to it. And being a visionary, I see it and it's so beautiful. And sometimes we as visionaries, it's hard for us to convey the convey the message to other people. You know, so it's like, you know, I'm pregnant with purpose, you know, and I'm going through all this pain and tribulations trying to push this baby out. Um, so you got to have patience, you know, because God will teach you things. These are spiritual things and you got to have wisdom because um, there's devils out there. You know, nobody really helps you when you're starting off. But when things are up and going, um, things like that, and as well, just just having discernment to pick and choose the right people that's fit for the farm. You know, just because you've been incarcerated doesn't mean that you're automatically you know, proof for the program. So it's all about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So discernment of the Holy spirit and patience. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you see the revenue being for the farm? Oh man. George T. Wiley wrote a book that you can make a quarter million dollars off of 25 acres. Oh, wow. So he, he was very, um, it was very powerful in the 40s and 50s because he would help struggling black farmers because, you know, we had like smaller acres than typical white farmers. You know, they had hundreds and thousands of acres. And that's where you can really make money. Unless you have that amount of land is right. It's very hard to make you know money off small acres. So he created something called the CSA, which is the Community Support Agriculture where people sign up to buy, you know, weekly produce from the small farmers. So he, he was the one who invented that and he really helped struggling black farmers. So um, I would just like to be able to um, hit, hit about $150,000 because we want the farm to be self-sustaining and we want, you know, our profits to be able to help the men get their driver licenses, you know, pay their child support, pay any tickets, you know, go to trade school and like after the six, the first six months, they'll be able to go get a job where they're still living, you know, on the farm where they're saving up. Because right now in this pandemic, man, paying 15 to $2,000 a month is hard for a lot of Americans, you know, and being able to, to have that, that worry gone where, you know what, I'm paying myself, I'm paying Jarvis his 10 or 15% for the ministry and I'm able to walk away you know, from the ministry with like ten to $15,000. That's why I, I want to be able to see my men have walking away from the farm. There we go. There we go. I love it. I love it. So with, you got 60 acres and on 25 acres, you said somebody could make 250,000 and your target is 150 for the farm with all the extra being invested towards the men reinvested back in the farm. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's called an agribusiness where we can do 
weddings out there where we can have events, photography, yep, yep. Um, races, um, tractor rides. Um, I have missionaries who have who, who are going to come out there and do something called aquaponics where we're raising tilapia um, and and vegetables. You know, some so some some pretty cool stuff. We can have horseback lessons. You know. And this right here, it gives the men healing and therapy because when they're giving love to these animals, these animals are, are giving love back. Because when you're incarcerated, there's a lot of inhumane conditions from the food that we eat to the staff and to the other people in prison, you know? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of stuff, um, a lot of stuff. So I want just the men to be able to heal and receive that same love. There we go. There we go. And what are the highest impact daily actions that will tick the needle forward, bringing this dream into fruition? I'm in, in a um, dire need of, of some board members, um, mm. some board members, because I know when I first started that I can't do this by myself. You know, being able to, to find people with the same heart as me, who sees my vision, who can take some of this um, load off of me. Uh, so board members, of course, we talked about the designer for all the for all the house plans and also donors. There we go. There we go. So reaching out to board members and donors is really that action step. Yes, sir. Well, cool. I think you already kind of touched on this, but what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream come true? Character. Um you talked on you touched on patience, so I already wrote that down. Right. Is that you think that's the most important one, or do you think that's uh discipline, focus, consistency, accountability? Like those are some other ones. I would say um love. <laughs> being loving, being peaceful. Yes, I'm loving because like sometimes in ministry, you can have favoritism for, for people. So not to be judgmental, you know, love everybody equal and treat people equal and meet that person where they're at, you know? There we go. There we go. Love it. Love it. Meeting people where they're at. That is so key to just life, every aspect of life. All right. So we already talked about this a little bit as well, but if there were one or two people that you could meet right now and they'd really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help? So you, um, you said board members and donors. Do you have specific people in mind? And if not, describe what type of board member and what type of donor you would want. I would love to meet George Washington Carver um, and also um, Booker T. Washington and um, probably Paul. <laughs> Paul. Paul. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um I'm pretty sure all these men are passed away, though. Am I right? Yes, sir. If there was somebody alive that you could meet right now and they'd really help you take these next steps, who would they be? How would they do it? Um, Somebody alive that I can meet. Um, I'd love to meet, um, I don't know his name, but he's the founder of Bonton Farms. I believe he's in Texas. He's, he's doing the same thing that I want to do helping, um, you know, incarcerated men and women, and also um, the founder of Cultivate. He spells it C-U-L, 
the number two V-A-T-E. That's another farm that also helps um, people released from, from prison. So if you think about it, like the workforce, uh, farming is so small. Like we make up like less than 5% of the workforce, but we're providing almost like 300 million people in food, you know? So we are able to increase the workforce with felons, you know, being able to get them back to the land um, after they're released from prison for, you know, a year um, to get that healing, to be able to um, duplicate these programs on other people's farms because the average, um, the average farmer is like 55 years old, you know? So when this farmer dies, a lot of times their family doesn't want to take over their farm, you know? So that's kind of like my, my long-term goal is to be able to duplicate more farmers or help them felons and um, things of that nature. There we go. There we go. Dude, founder of Cultivate and founder of Vonton Farms. Yes. All right. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. First question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one of them. Um, of course, um, it's the Bible that gives me inspiration and motivation every day. Um, I've been reading a lot of goodness gracious, um, Farming While Black. Um, I don't really know the author's names. I'm not much of a reader, to be honest. Uh, when I was in prison, I read a lot of um, ooh, like scary suspenseful books. Uh, Stephen King. Yeah, oh, yeah, Stephen Stephen King. Okay. Okay. There we go. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, I love running. I love playing football with, uh, with my children. Um, I love serving. I love cooking. I love eating healthy. And I'm a big, um, big advocate with that, eating healthy. There we go. And what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it too? Meet the founder of Bonton Farms or the founder of Cultivate. Um, stay faithful, stay patient. A lot of times, like the people we reach out to might, might not be able to reach back out to us, but there's a lot of people that sees what we're doing. Stay faithful in the business in which God has given you and stay faithful into the ministry in which God has given you because there's people watching. You're making an impact. Stop being so hard on yourself, you know? Uh, you take it day by day, you keep grinding. You know, this is not for likes and shares and views. This is about a legacy, you know, like a legacy is not left in programs or buildings or books. A legacy is left in people. So whether I meet the cashier at the gas station or meet somebody right in front of me, we have an opportunity to make a difference in that person's life and vice versa. So just be grateful for for life, man. Life's so good, bro. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. All righty. We got our final series of questions now. I didn't send these beforehand. These dive a little deeper. So if you don't okay. want to answer them, feel free to be like, hey, I just want to pass. All right. Okay. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? A limiting belief. Sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough because it's only me. You know, um, I'm able to help other people with their programs and business and ministry and do graphic designs. But sometimes I feel like I can't do anything for myself because sometimes I get too content with it. 
I'm too familiar with it, so it's really hard for me to be fresh and be creative. I got you. I got you. And where do you think that comes from? That feeling that you're not good enough and that you can do stuff for other people, but you can't do stuff for yourself. Um, I'm not sure where it comes from. Um, that's something I've kind of been battling with. Um, you know, I've had a, like a lot of, I've met a lot of great people through LinkedIn that's, that helps me with coaching, with, uh, with finances, with donations, but just being, I know I'm being developed right now in my life and sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes I get impatient. Um, and it, it sometimes it doesn't allow me to be creative and, and, and do the things I want to do. I got you. I got you. And what actions do you think you take that reinforce this limiting belief that you feel like you're not good enough or that you um, feel like you're alone in your business? And you don't have to do these um, actions every day. Maybe that you do them once a week, once a month, whatever it may be. Well, what um, what really keeps me going is I always visit the farm. So the arm, the farm is an hour away. So like when I'm feeling down or I'm burnt out, that's my getaway. And I'll, I'll just walk the whole 60 acres, man. I promise you, bro, I have a sermon for every piece of property out there, you know, just praying and God, I need this. I need that. And um, just keep me patient, you know, keep me faithful, keep me fueled up sometimes you know I, I get burned out i go 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 and then you know i'll stop for a little while so me and my wife we just had a newborn baby she's um two months old and um i've been able to go down there but my wife she let me go down there yesterday so i was really thankful to be able to go see the farm for the first time in two months and um you know there's always problems you know, it took us almost a year and a half, brother, to get our permits and survey approved, you know. But even though we're um, delayed, we're not denied because if I was to go in there right now and say, you know what, I have all the plans, we're able to, to build a house, that program is not going to come out the way it should, you know. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm hitting these hurdles uh, with making relationships with people or trying to implement a great program. Um, God is, he's really developed me. That's what, where I know I'm at in my life. And I know that God's going to send the people to really help um, the program get to the next level to be launched, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No stuff. Yeah stuff comes up and even the survey thing with the year and a half, it's just like, that's just the process. Right. And that's part of breaking you down and molding you into the person you need to be. Right. So it's, I'll tell you this, man, uh, we got approved the day my daughter um, was born really? and that was oh God. Me and my wife were crying in the hospital. We just had a baby. Um, now we just um, got the, the news from, um, the building and um, coding that um, our, everything got approved and we're excited and okay, it's time to get in the roof. Hold on, wait, Jarvis. No, it's time to go get some plans. So God will give you designs, but he won't build it for you, you know? Yeah. And I know each person thus far that's been helping us with the program, it's been helping their lives as well, you know? So it kind of just allowed me, me and my wife to get closer together. We have four kids and being able just to see the vision come to fruition, you know, because there's a big difference between 
chicken in the microwave and chicken in the oven, you know? Um, so just being able to be slow cooked and be to the, be developed and God has taken all the infirmities and purities away from me to make me um, ready to receive the men that's ready to come out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So if you were to change that limiting belief, that feeling that you're not good enough or the feeling that you're alone, if you were to change it into an abundant phrase that spoke to the part of you that is like limiting yourself, you know, it's typically pain or some false belief that's limiting us, not aligned with God's promises for our life. So if you could maybe point out a piece of scripture or have God whisper something in your ear that spoke to that limiting belief, spoke truth into it, what would that phrase be? Um, it's Colossians chapter four, verse 17. He says, continue to be faithful in which the ministry I've given you. And this was in the book of Colossians. And Colossians was a city that was on the decay. They were flourishing. It's a small city. And um, Paul writes the letter to um, encourage the pastor, he phrases um, to continue with his ministry because that's when people started uh, rejecting Christ and started being influenced by man's tradition and philosophy instead of Christ's fullness with the, the preaching of the cross and the gospel. And Paul's writing his letters say, you know what, stay faithful. You know, these people are starting to get, you know, hypocritical. There's hearsay, there's gymnastics, you know, you stay faithful into which I've given you. Do not abandon the ship, you know, and that's why that's what God's been telling me. Okay, so what? You don't have a board member. So what? You don't have 5,000 views. So what? You're not tick TikTok real person. You know what? So what? You know, what I'm doing with you is priceless. Just trust in me. There's this ram on the other side of the mountain that's coming up. So that's what keeps me going. You know, I can just, just look back and see how far that God has brought me out of when I'm taking my, um, my tantrum or my baby fit. You know, and I'm, I'm able to see what he has done and it shuts me up. And that's what keeps going. Like, God, he, he's our father at the end of the day. You yeah. know, keep going. Here's my hand. I'll pick you up for a little while, but I got to sit you down. I got to change your diaper. You know, I got to feed you. You know, come on. You're hard headed. You're not listening to me. Take a lap. Now I got to be. <laughs> Take a lap. You know, uh, come on, son. What are you doing? You go this way. You know, it, it is just, that's why I love being a Christian, because we have a relationship. It's intimacy, you know, just like a real, a real father, you know, it's intimacy. So, man, people, people are very, um, you know, blown away of what they've been able to see me do. I'm out of prison and it's like, I say it humbly, but I'm just living a normal life, man, you know. Like my dad would say, you're supposed to have a job. You're supposed to have a car. You're supposed to, you know, go to college. You're supposed to be doing these things. But what are you doing to stand out? Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. I, I'll take it in as, you know, very thankful. But it's nothing supernatural or extraordinary that I'm doing. I'm just living the life and being obedient to what God has called me. I love it. All right. We got one last question for you. And I want to frame this next question. So Alex Hormozzi said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. So just keep that in mind as I kind of uh, read this next question. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. 
I actually found out from Dr. Alan Leica, a guest who I had on the show, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Now, I want you to think about a person who has a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. And they hate their life. They're not happy with where they are. Hmm. How can we, you and I, create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life so that they can walk in, you know, contentment and just being happy with who they are and where they're at. Wow. Um, I would need like a specific person, you know, um, to be able to answer that question. Um, could you give me like a, uh, I can describe, I can go ahead and describe, um, I'll describe my little brother. You know, he, I'd say he has a pretty fixed mindset. He's not willing. So he is in a place in his life where he's not really enjoying life. He wants to make progress, but he's not making progress. He's upset with himself. He's upset with life. He's upset with a lot of people. And I go to him and I talk to him about maybe reading a book or maybe taking this action step or maybe having this conversation, asking him questions. And that's like, he's kind of stuck but he's also not willing to accept help or any change in his life. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll take him to prison with me. I'll be ah. that <laughs> quick, quick. Hey, what's his name? Troy. Hey, Troy, you want to spend one day with me on a Friday night? We're going to spend the whole day in prison. I bet it's going to change your outlook on life. You know, <laughs> these people, man, you you don't want that. You know, sometimes we don't realize how blessed we are, you know. But I tell you this, two years ago, before I received the farm, I was like that, man, because I was seeking purpose. I was searching for who am I? It is a battle with identity. So maybe your, your brother's going through a identity crisis. When you don't know who you are, how can you do something? You know what I'm saying? If I don't know what I'm called to do or what I'm great at, and I'm like Will Smith on the pursuit of happiness, I'm miserable. You know, I'm miserable. I'm trying to figure out I'm stuck right now. Uh, I can't get out of bed. I can't do these things because I had no passion and no drive in me because I can't find that. You know, and it really takes time, man. You know, it, it really takes time to find these things. And we have to really comfort people um, during this time because you never know what somebody's going through, man. Mental illness is real. Suicide is real. You know, um, walking out the side and shooting somebody is real. You know, a lot of people have different triggers, you know, so we have to be mindful, you know, with that situation, man, because it's not a good feeling, bro. It is not, you know, but there is, on the other hand, there's people who wants to smoke weed all day and stay with their mom and play Madden. No, it's time to tighten up and get a job, you know, yeah. that's a story. That's a different type of mindset. But the mindset I was thinking about was, you know, that was on my spirit, man. Um, so that's, that's kind of happened, man. We can go to the prisons, but we need to love these people. You know, and be patient with them. We can introduce them to different things, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love, like, kind of getting them into a prison 
to like shock their reality. And when you shock their reality, maybe it gives them a different perspective on life. Maybe it really helps them just uh, have that attitude of gratitude, right? Be thankful for where they're at and take advantage of the opportunity that they have. And I think that's what's uh, really important about that prison. And then with that, when you shock the reality and you take them out of their own kind of self-pity, you give them a chance to reevaluate their identity, reevaluate their purpose. And so I like that. Here's the catalyst, shock them, shake their world up, and then be like, now, who do you want to be? Who do you think you really are? What do you think you're really here for? Um, and then loving them and being patient with them through that process. I like Right. That. And as well as like just taking people to like Costa Rica or Honduras, like these th third world countries where people are living in extreme poverty, you know, um, because sometimes we forget how blessed we are and how spoiled rotten America is, you know. Um, so it just depends on the person and the situation. That's all. But I appreciate you answering that question. I really enjoyed that. For sure, man. For sure. Well, awesome, Jarvis. That's all we got for you. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Oh, man. Um, what was your, your biggest takeaway tonight, man? And we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway was just your focus on being faithful and being patient because I'm entrepreneurial as well. I'm 23. I'm a lot less patient than you are. I'm like, no, let me drive revenue now and let me use that revenue to impact people. But it's like, maybe I don't have the character yet and God is still pruning me. And that's why that revenue hasn't entered my life because I'm not a person who can handle that responsibility yet. Or maybe God just has other plans and those plans mean it needs to happen in a year as opposed to right now. And so there, you know, there's things that you can always be doing. You should always be taking massive action. I think that's a part of staying faithful, but another part of staying faithful is staying patient. And so I think that's the biggest thing that spoke to me mainly because my impatience at the age of 23 is like, I want to help people. I want to help people. I want to help people. But it's also like, um, you know, God has a plan for them. He has a plan for me. And I need to trust that plan and not beat myself up about not being where I'm not yet, if that makes sense. Right. So the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. OK, before I got into the farm and I was driving trucks, I mean, um, I was in the trucking business with my dad. We were generating three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, bro. And our our revenue was three fifty and our profit margin was between thirty and forty percent. So uh, I was doing all my dad's paperwork, admin, loader boards, and we're getting paid every three days six thousand, twelve thousand, nine thousand dollars. And I can't tell you how miserable I was because my father spent twenty years in the military and 20 years driving trucks. And by the time I finally got him, he had leukemia and cancer. My dad, I love my dad, but we had no time together. Yeah. No? So money's not everything. If you love what you do, the money will come, you know? I'm not making no, no money farming or preaching, you know? But that I will get there. I've handled money before. I know what it takes to get money. I know how to open up another box truck to do it. But I'm trusting God and my wife's like, Jarvis, this ain't it. Yeah. I said, we got to go. We got to keep on going, you know? Mm -hmm. walking, walking out on faith and knowing that you know that God has your back. You know, it, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience, but it's a very testing experience. So he's developing you as well, man. You know, he's, he's refining that gift. And you have to trust in that because... 
once you get good in your gift, people are going to be calling you. Hey, Tim, I need I need this done. What's your price? All that will come, but what he's doing with, with you now is is, is critical. It's, it's important. He's defining it, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. I yeah. Appreciate that. And it's definitely something that uh, I want to focus on more because <laughs> I lose sight of it often. I'll be like, dang it, why can't I get my... 10k in revenue, 20k in revenue, or whatever it may be. Run my Facebook ads and get this sold, or you know whatever it is. But um, yeah, so I appreciate that reminder. Oh yeah, well thanks so much for your time, Tim. I got uh, wife and families and babies crying. I have to go back to my daddy duties. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Let me give us a quick outro, real quick. Um, if you guys were listening to what Jarvis had to say and you liked it, make sure to check him out. Make sure to support. Hit him up if you know a board member or a donor that would be good for his farming business. And thank you guys for coming and watching the show. We'll see you on the next one. On that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.